Welcome to episode 6 of Travelling Science. G'day legends, welcome back to Travelling Science, the podcast that's sharing science with the world. My name's Jesse Crow, and I'm the Travelling Scientist, coming to you today from Brisbane in Australia. I'm a health science communicator, and on this podcast, we interview researchers, doctors, and experts, hearing their stories and sharing their ideas that help us to live a smarter, happier, and healthier life. But today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's just me. And I know, I'm sorry, I hate me too, but I just like to get a little bit personal sometimes, you know, just you and me. And I want to share with you some important information that you need to know. You need to know this. And I can't just be waiting around for the perfect scientist to come on the show and tell you this stuff. So I'm just going to do it myself. And recently, some people have been saying to me, Jesse, I love the podcast, but it's too confusing. I can't understand all that scientific mumbo jumbo. Now, I just want to make this clear. This podcast is not just for scientists. It's not just for nerds. This podcast is for everybody. Whether you're a farmer or you work at McDonald's or you're a butcher or a baker or a candlestick maker, whatever you are. This podcast is simply about talking to really clever people and understanding what they do, why they do it, and how it benefits us as humans. So whether you're a science expert or you don't know a thing about science, that's totally fine. This podcast is meant to be simple and educational and entertaining for all audiences. All right, I hear what you're saying. You want me to shut up and get on with the show. Fair enough. Today, I'm going to be talking all about serotonin. What is it? Where does it come from? How does it work? Why do we need it? And who even cares? Well, you should, and here's why. Serotonin is known as the feel-good hormone, even though it's not actually a hormone. But that means if you have a good amount of serotonin, you feel good. If you don't have enough serotonin, you might feel depressed or anxious, which is totally normal, but boosting your serotonin levels is certainly possible. But also, if you have too much serotonin, that's bad too. And I know, it's a vicious serotonin seesaw that we've got going on in our body, but stress not. I'm going to share with you everything that you need to know about serotonin so that you can better manage your own serotonin levels and keep on doing good things. I'm going to explain what serotonin does in your body, and spoiler alert, it does a lot of different things. I'm going to explain what happens when your serotonin levels are imbalanced, and I'm going to share a few techniques with you to help improve your serotonin levels naturally. And knowing how all of this works will help you to improve your mood and mental health. It'll also help you to improve your sleep cycle, and it can even help with digestion and any gut problems that you might have. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode talking all about serotonin with the one and only me. Welcome to my serotonin masterclass. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter. That means that it's a chemical that sends messages between the nerve cells in your brain and throughout your body. Serotonin is also known as 5-hydroxytryptamine or 5-HT, and I'll explain why that is a little bit later. But first, let me explain what serotonin does. Serotonin is involved in many functions throughout the body, including sleep, memory, learning, digestion, nausea, blood clotting, wound healing, as well as regulating happiness, hunger, body temperature, and even sexual desire. 
So that's 11 different functions by my count, and I'm sure there's plenty more that I've missed. But today we're going to be focusing mainly on the mental aspects of serotonin, like sleep and happiness, more so than the physical actions of serotonin, like nausea or wound healing. I want to focus on the aspects of serotonin that can improve your life in some way. Like I said earlier, serotonin is known as the feel-good hormone. Even though it's not actually a hormone, it's a neurotransmitter, it's complicated. But normal levels of serotonin are associated with healthy focus, emotional stability, and a calm or happy mindset. Conversely, low levels of serotonin are known to be associated with mental health issues, such as depression and anxiety. So we want to make sure we know how to maintain healthy levels of serotonin. But before that, I want to make sure you know where serotonin comes from. Fun fact, serotonin was actually isolated and characterized in 1948 by Maurice Rapport and Irvine Page. That means that this year, 2023, is kind of like serotonin's 75th birthday. Woo! Happy birthday! The name comes from the Latin word serum because it was found in the blood, and the Greek word tonic because they love a good G&T. And hey, who doesn't? It's also important to know that serotonin is common amongst most animals. It's not exclusive to humans, we're not special in that regard. We weren't blessed, or perhaps cursed, with this magical molecule. Your dog has serotonin, your neighbor's cat has serotonin. If it's a grumpy cat, maybe it doesn't have enough serotonin, and maybe you should share this podcast episode with your neighbor so they can work on improving their cat's serotonin. But I digress. The birds in the trees, the fish in the seas, even the insects in the ground all contain something similar to serotonin. It's also in plants and fungi. Therefore, a lot of research has been done into serotonin using a combination of animal and human and even plant models. And the reason that we know so much about serotonin is because we've been able to look at serotonin levels in mice and other animals as well as humans. So I just want you to know that. But bringing the focus back to humans, most of the serotonin in your body, about 90%, is produced in your gut, while approximately 10% is actually produced in your brain or sitting somewhere inside your central nervous system. It's also found in a few other places, like your kidneys, your lungs, and even your platelets, which are like little cells in your bloodstream. But how is serotonin made? Well, it's actually created from the essential amino acid tryptophan. And remember that an essential amino acid is one that your body cannot produce, so you must get it from your diet. Therefore, we need to eat foods rich in tryptophan in order to produce serotonin. When we consume tryptophan, it gets converted into 5-hydroxytryptamine. This is the scientific name for the chemical structure, or 5-HT, but we're just going to call it serotonin. Within the central nervous system, serotonin is synthesized and then stored in your nerve cells. Outside the central nervous system, serotonin is produced mainly in the cells of the gut, and any serotonin in your blood gets taken up and stored in your platelets. 99% of the serotonin in your body is stored within your cells. It's tightly regulated. It doesn't just float around your body, making you feel good. Although it would be awesome if it did. Why doesn't it do that? Well, when serotonin is freely floating around your body, like in your blood for example, it gets metabolized and broken down by an enzyme called monoamine oxidase. This usually happens really quickly, which explains why serotonin is usually held within your cells until it's needed. Okay, so now we know where serotonin is, where serotonin comes from, and what serotonin does in the body. But what happens when serotonin isn't quite working properly? 
Studies have shown that below average levels of serotonin in the central nervous system can be associated with depression, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD, anxiety, and a variety of other mood disorders. Now, it's important to remember that these disorders can be caused by a number of different factors. It's not always just simply a low level of serotonin, therefore treating these problems is also not that simple. You can certainly try improving your levels of serotonin to help this, and I'm going to tell you how to do that shortly, but if you feel like you're struggling mentally and the tips that I give you don't seem to help, I would highly recommend that you speak with a doctor about it, and they should be able to help you find the right treatment. And if for some reason they can't, find another doctor. Simple as that. I speak with so many people who have tried talking to their doctor, and for whatever reason the doctor wasn't helpful. Doctors are busy, they're stressed, it's not their fault, but you deserve proper treatment and there are other doctors out there. Now you might think that if you're having some mental issues, perhaps you could get your serotonin tested. Well, it's important to know that serotonin testing is actually really, really hard. You can't simply get a blood test because remember I said serotonin doesn't just float around in your blood. It's tightly regulated within the cells of your gut and your brain. and We can't simply check those cells to look at your serotonin levels. We just have to assume that if you're not feeling great, low serotonin levels are probably a factor. And another thing to consider is that if you're ever taking drugs like MDMA or ecstasy, these can actually deplete your levels of serotonin, which can give you a sort of come down feeling, which is likely because you used up most of your serotonin when you were tripping a few hours ago. And this might not be a problem for most of you, but if you were to take this drug, sometimes it could have a negative effect on your serotonin levels. And if you were to use this sort of drug regularly, then it could potentially damage the neurons that actually create serotonin, which could lead to much larger problems in the long term. So if you enjoy using these sorts of serotonin impacting drugs, just be aware of that. So now we know the potential problems that can arrive from low levels of serotonin, I'm going to share with you a few tools that you can use to increase your amount of serotonin in the central nervous system, thereby potentially improving your mood and helping you to live a smarter, happier, and healthier life. But first, a word from the traveling scientist. G'day legends, I'm Jesse Crow, the traveling scientist, and you're listening to Traveling Science, my new podcast. Crazy, right? Every week here on Traveling Science, we make a donation to a charity of the guests choosing. But what a lot of people don't realize is that those donations actually come out of my own pocket, which is fine. I feel great donating to charities every single week, but I don't get paid to do this. So if you'd like to support this show and the charities that we donate to every single week, you can find me on patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a week, you can feel proud knowing that you're donating to a bunch of charities. You're helping me out. And I'm going to give you something special as well for getting involved. So you can find the link in the show notes just below or search for the traveling scientist on patreon.com. And you could help us to change the world. Now back to the show. Okay, so now we know the negative impacts of low serotonin levels. What can we do to increase our serotonin and potentially improve our physical and mental health? Well, the first technique that I want to share with you involves your diet. Remember that serotonin comes from tryptophan, which is an essential amino acid that we get from our diet. It's possible that you're not getting enough tryptophan. Or maybe you are, I don't know. But by eating more foods that are packed with tryptophan, you're going to increase your availability of tryptophan, thereby promoting the production of serotonin in your brain. Foods rich in tryptophan includes eggs, 
cheese, salmon, and for all my vegetarian and vegan homies out there, fruits like pineapple and kiwi, as well as plenty of seeds and nuts and soy products like edamame and tofu. But just eating tryptophan-rich foods is not enough. You also need to combine these foods with a special secret ingredient. Can you guess what it is? If you said gummy bears, you're kinda right. <laughs> it's carbohydrates, and I know, sounds crazy, sounds counterintuitive. We're usually told to eat more protein and less carbs. Carbs are the enemy, right? Well, not when it comes to tryptophan. See, when we consume foods that are high in tryptophan, it can't actually contribute to the serotonin in our central nervous system until it gets into the brain. But it's difficult for molecules like tryptophan to get into the brain. There's a lot of competition, and tryptophan usually loses out to methionine and tyrosine and other amino acids like that. It's kind of like all the amino acids are trying to get into the brain, which is a nightclub, and the blood-brain barrier bouncer will only let in the cool amino acids like tyrosine and methionine. But when you consume carbohydrates, it causes a release of insulin in your body, which causes the absorption of sugars and amino acids out of the blood and into the cells. So the insulin is kind of like the cops coming around, and it's going to arrest the tyrosine and the methionine because, hey, turns out they were drug dealers and all of a sudden tryptophan is the only guy left in line, and so he gets into the club next. So now you've got tryptophan into the club, or the brain, where it's able to get converted into serotonin and make you feel happy. Long story short, eat foods rich in tryptophan and combine them with some sort of healthy carbohydrates, maybe not gummy bears, and you will increase your serotonin levels. And as a bonus, tryptophan and serotonin are also associated with really vivid and lucid dreams. So if you're eating plenty of tryptophan-rich foods, and if you have a healthy amount of serotonin in your central nervous system, you're probably gonna have some awesome dreams. And therefore, if you're having awesome dreams, you probably already got a good amount of tryptophan in your diet, and you've probably got a good amount of serotonin in your brain. Another tool that you can use to increase your tryptophan levels is to simply try taking a tryptophan supplement. That would essentially allow you to boost your intake of tryptophan without having to change your diet that much. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for a few different reasons. First, it's expensive. Tryptophan supplements are like $40 to $80 for a bottle. Second, how would you know what dosage to take? Because we can't test our serotonin levels. And third, it's a white powder. And I just think you should try and get your essential amino acids from natural whole foods, not from a white powder. In fact, we should probably be avoiding any forms of white powder and putting it into our body or nose or anything like that. Not healthy. But if you did want to try taking tryptophan as a supplement, that is an option. The next technique you can use to increase your serotonin levels is, no surprises here, exercise. Studies have shown, and I'll link these in the show notes below, that in both human and animal models, small amounts of exercise, like running on a treadmill or riding a bike, <laughs> imagine a little mouse, like, riding a bike. That'd be so cute. No, no. The mice were on the treadmill and the humans were on the bikes in these tests. But in both cases, that exercise was associated with increased levels of serotonin and enhanced mood states when compared with the control groups that were not exercising. These studies suggest that if you want to increase your serotonin levels, or if you simply want to be happier, make sure you're getting some regular exercise. Another tool that you can use to increase your serotonin levels is the sun. The almighty, all great, wonderful sun. Seasonal affective disorder is very common amongst humans. We get sadder during the colder months, with shorter day lengths and reduced sunlight hours. Coincidentally, serotonin levels are naturally lower in the winter months. Huh, who knew? 
Is this cause and effect? We don't know, it's complicated. But do you honestly think that getting a little more sunshine on your skin and into your eyes could make you less happy? I don't think so. See, sunshine is beneficial to us in a number of ways with its warming, beautiful glow. Obviously, I realize that if you're in summer right now, you're probably sweating like crazy and hating the sun so much. And if you're in winter, you're probably like, yeah, Jesse, I'll get some sunlight in four months, maybe. Just know that you can get sunlight through the clouds during the daytime, obviously. And if it's cold, wear some layers, but it's important to get that natural light into your eyes. And if it's super hot and sunny, wear some sunglasses, maybe wear a hat, definitely wear some sunscreen. You don't want skin cancer. Is sunscreen healthy? Well, that's a whole nother episode that I might create one day, but I did make a video on that on my YouTube channel many years ago, and it's really embarrassing. Don't go back and watch it. It's cringy. Anyway, getting super off topic here. There's one more tool that I wanted to highlight that you can use to boost your serotonin levels. And it's probably the most effective tool you could use. And therefore it's probably also the most dangerous medication. Obviously we have many different medications that people have been using for decades to manipulate their serotonin levels. However, that doesn't make it a great idea. Remember that serotonin has so many different functions in the body. By using a medication that specifically targets serotonin, you're targeting all of the different aspects that serotonin controls. So basically there can be a whole bunch of unwanted side effects. One example of serotonin targeted medication are the classic antidepressants called SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. These drugs work by inhibiting the serotonin transporter that usually helps serotonin back into the cells and back into storage. When those are inhibited, serotonin stays out between the cells where it's having its effect and making it work more efficiently, making you feel better. And another class of serotonin impacting medication are the monoamine oxidase inhibiting drugs. Remember how monoamine oxidase is the enzyme that causes the breakdown of serotonin? Well, by inhibiting monoamine oxidase, you greatly increase the availability of serotonin in the brain. And if you want to learn more about these antidepressants, I have a YouTube video which explains them in detail and I'll put that in the show notes. But I would not recommend the use of these medications for the manipulation of your serotonin levels unless you have tried all of the other techniques that I've suggested above. These drugs are highly targeted and it can have a bunch of really bad side effects. And if you're struggling with serious mental health problems and nothing else seems to work, then perhaps these medications could be helpful to you but you would need to talk to your doctor about them first. Finally, I need to tell you about serotonin syndrome. That's what it's called when you get too much serotonin. And I know you're probably thinking, what, too much feel-good hormone? Jesse, that's crazy talk. Well, it's not. And it usually happens when you have a combination of medications that impact your serotonin levels, giving you a buttload of serotonin and your body just doesn't know what to do with it. Symptoms include agitation, restlessness, insomnia, confusion, rapid heart rate, high blood pressure, dilated pupils, goosebumps. <laughs> I love that name, goosebumps. Loss of muscle coordination, muscle rigidity, diarrhea, headache, fever, shivering, heavy sweating, tremor, seizures, unconsciousness, and even possibly death. So if you're on serotonin boosting medication and you think you might be suffering from serotonin syndrome, that's too much serotonin, go to the hospital and they can take care of you. And if you're not on serotonin boosting medication and you think you might be suffering from serotonin syndrome, well, you're probably not. You can't get this from eating too much pineapple and edamame. So just relax. 
So we've covered a lot of information today. We've talked about how serotonin is a chemical in your body that does a whole bunch of things, but it's largely responsible for making you feel good. We talked about what can happen if your serotonin system is out of whack, and I've shared several different tools that you can use to try and improve upon your serotonin levels. Some of the natural ways include eating a diet high in tryptophan and complementing that with healthy carbohydrates. You can also make sure that you're getting regular exercise and natural sunlight onto your skin and into your eyes every single day. And all of these actions will not only improve your serotonin levels, but they will have many other positive health benefits that will improve your overall quality of life. Some other less natural ways to increase your serotonin levels include supplementing with tryptophan or taking certain medications, although I do not recommend these without talking to a doctor first. So that's all for today, Legends. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, there's a shorter and more visually appealing video version on my YouTube channel, The Traveling Scientist. So keep an eye out for that, and I'll probably create a super short version for TikTok and Instagram. So search for Traveling Science there as well. Finally, next week's episode is going to be all about climate change science with expert Andy Pittman from the University of New South Wales. And there's plenty of awesome information in there, so definitely listen in for that one. And if you stick around to the end, I always share a little secret. And this week's secret is that last weekend, I had a Bucks party, and it was the night before the wedding. And I swore that I would not drink too much, because I had to get up for the wedding the next day. And I swore that I wouldn't avoid food and water, because I had to get up for the wedding the next day. And I swore that I would not sing karaoke songs like Fall Out Boy and Spandau Ballet until 3am, because I had to go to the wedding the next day. But you know what? I ended up doing all of those things and we had a really fun time. The wedding the next day was a bit rough, but no regrets. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, Legends. I'll catch you next Science Sunday. Cheers. <laughs>